Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Martin Willis, your host. And we have an interesting show for you this evening. First up, we have Karen Briard is going to come on. She's going to be talking about the UFO Congress, and you'll see why in just, just a minute. There's some just a little bit of an announcement to make, so I'll be bringing her in um, in just a couple of minutes. And also, our main guest is Don Hyden, um, someone alerted me to a guy that's kind of like in the same profession that I'm in, the antiques and art world. Um, yet in when he was out metal detecting back in around 1989, 1990, somewhere around there, he saw a UFO that changed his life. He's talked about it with family and friends for years. And then he sees David Fravor's account for what he claims he saw and discovered that it was identical to what he saw, the tic-tac type of thing. We're going to be talking about that. So he'll be on uh, just after Karen. Uh, this week, we have a, a blog that Charles Lear wrote, like always, and it's UFOs and Missing Soldiers in the Gulf Breeze, Florida. Now, I never heard about the Missing Soldiers, so it should be, uh, that's a fascinating blog, and, and check that out. Um, and I want to thank everyone that helps out with the show, and anyone can do that. All you have to do is go over to podcastufo.com. You can see our Patreon page is linked at the top of the show. I mean, at the uh, page and every week um, we were, we're right here live next week. We're going to be uh, with both Mark D'Antonio and uh, Ted Rowe. That should be an interesting show. First time those two guys are ever going to be talking on the same show together. Uh, but Ted Rowe has some very interesting news to talk about that involves NASA and NARCAP. So check that out come next week for sure. It's going to be a good show. For now, I'm bringing in Karen. Hi, Hi Karen. Nice Martin. to see you. Good to see you too. It's been a long yeah. time. It has been way too long. I think yeah. it was at Lee Spiegel's wedding. Yes, it was. That was so fun. I had a yeah, great that was time. A blast. Yes. So Karen, um, the UFO Congress. Now you've you've owned that for what three years? Um, 2017. Yeah, 2017. Okay, I, I remember that. It, so. And uh, we were all excited, uh, just all ready to buy tickets. And I contacted you and da-da-da-da. So now I'm going to put it in your lap. Yeah, what what a horrible year and a half we've had. And uh, it was just getting to the point where the COVID cases were increasing again and people with vaccines were even getting it. And I was having a lot of people calling to cancel. And normally we don't do cancellations after a certain amount of time. Yeah. because we've already put out money to, to um, all the different things that we have to pay ahead of time. Um, but because of COVID, I really felt I can't not give people refunds. But and at the rate that I was getting refunds, uh, it was like 10% of the people had already canceled. So that's, I wow. was like, if, if this continues by the time of the conference, I would have not enough people there to you know, have the conference. So it was a safety and a business decision that I had to make, um, unfortunately. But... The good news is that we can still do it virtually and um, we still have all our great speakers. Um, one of them had to decline, but, um, you know, and for $99 um, until this Sunday night at midnight, it's an only $99. You get over 20 speakers and panels um, and we've done it before. Yeah. You last know, year I helped, helped out last year. That's oh, right. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but, uh, yeah, but I you, do, you there was our, a, there was a great, like, um, I'm trying to remember the service you used where people. Hula. 
Oh, okay. And yeah, but all these people were like chatting in the back and they were all having their own little yeah, chat rooms and it was exactly. a lot of fun. I, I was but, surprised. Yeah, it makes it more like a real conference. It's called Whova. Um, we've done it last year. It's a very uh, dependable platform. We had no issues last year. Um, went very smoothly. And yeah, once you uh, get a ticket, you log into, um, well, when the conference is about to start, you log into Whova, um, and then you can see all the other attendees. If they want to upload their pictures, you can even see what they look like. Um, you can talk to them. Um, you can make virtual meetups. You can make chat rooms, all sorts of things. You can just make all sorts of things. And then once the, uh, the speakers, when they're up, they'll, you know, you'll see it, you'll go to the schedule to decide what you want to see, click on that, and they'll be right there in front of you. You can ask questions by typing in your question. And so, yeah, it's, it's as close to being at a real conference as you can get. Right. And let's talk about um, the speakers, because everyone always wants to know that. Who do we have for speakers this year? Well, one of our speakers um, is Abby Loeb, who yep. a lot of you probably have heard of. He was the Harvard scientist who had a book out um, about a year ago now, I think. Um, and it was about Amuamua and how yep. that could possibly be an extraterrestrial type vehicle or some kind of um, technology. Um, so he'll be speaking. He'll actually he was all, always going to be a virtual speaker because he's um, teaching. So um, he'll still be a virtual speaker. But um he was one I was really looking forward to. He's just a pleasant, nice man. Yes. Yes, um, he is. Yep. So that's one. Um, Lou Elizondo, uh, he was going to be our keynote banquet speaker. And we're still going to work on, like, if we're going to have him just one of the regular slots or just keep him still on Wednesday night. So we'll kind of have our normal, we have a little cocktail hour on Wednesday. And we'll give out um, raffles, things like that. And then we'll have Lou speak. That's sort of the plan right now. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Lou's great. Um, he, he was on, uh, I don't know, a few months ago and right now he's booked for, I booked him all the way into December because okay. <laughs> he's that, you know, he, he's, he's, not, I know he's yeah, like going he's, all the time. He's so I know crazy he was, busy. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I can say, but he was at an undisclosed location with an undisclosed filmmaker. I know that down in the Southern hemisphere. Yeah. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you can guess. Yeah. And I think he was going to be going to Spain right after our conference. But now that's iffy because of COVID. Yeah, Portugal. Our countries aren't yeah. letting us in anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, so. We'll and then who them. else do we have? We have some of our regular and favorites. Um, Kathleen Martin, Yvonne Smith. Um, they all both work with um, abductees and do um, hypnosis therapy. Um, we have Lee Spiegel, who's been in the you know, the field forever. And he's yeah. also a, one of your, the radio hosts at KGRA. He's going to be speaking and showing clips from, he actually has the footage now of the, um, the UN meeting where right. 1978, I think, right? yeah. all these people were uh, trying to get that bill passed. So he's actually got the rights to that and he's going to sh- play some of that video. So yeah. that should be really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And Mark D'Antonio, another KGRA. Yeah, person. Um, some of the women that we have, we have a couple of newer people to the field. Katie Grabowski, or Grabowski, I'm sorry, and she's a MUFON investigator. She's going to be uh, reporting on some of her investigations. And N.K. Cranda, she um, also uh, does some investigations and also works with people who uh, are abductees. So we have another person who works with abductees. Mm-hmm. Um. 
uh, somebody I just kind of found um, through Ancient Aliens was Chris Pittman. I thought he was interesting and I contacted him and he actually hadn't been doing any UFO things for a long time because, you know, I was kind of had to search for him and I was like, hmm, I wonder why I haven't seen him. And he agreed to do the conference, but he has been kind of stepped away because of some of the really weird uh, experiences he's been having or he had when he was really into the field. So he's going to talk about those. They were kind of a scary kind of thing. So luckily oh. he's uh, agreed to talk about that with now, us. What about uh, Matthew Roberts? Is... Matthew Roberts. Um, he's excellent, by the way. Another yeah, excellent guest. Yes. Another ex-military person who has some really strange things happen to him. Yes. Um, you know, and I think this is really good that people are, um, we have like era him and also Eric Mitchell, who's another person who has these strange kind of almost skinwalker ranch type things happening connected to UFOs, but also very paranormal and unusual um, things that are happening. So I'm glad we have all three of these people that are going to be able to testify to the strange paranormal type things that can happen in conjunction with UFOs. Right. Right. Well, it'll be exciting and you just have to go and is it, is it the whole international UFO? Is it just UFOcongress.com? It's uh, it www.ufocongress.com. You can yeah. see the speakers, the schedule, um, buy tickets there. Um, and we have a lot more speakers and we're going to have some more coming because we're actually, we were going to not have it on Sunday uh, because that gives people time to pack up and enjoy the vendor hall and go home. But since we don't have that, we're going to open up all day Sunday too. So we'll have five more um, speaker slots. So Excellent. Be looking for some more speakers announced, too. Excellent. Well, Karen, thank you so much. It was good to see you. You're welcome. It's good to see you, too. And we'll and see we'll you online. And just we'll see you online in just a few weeks, right? Yes, <laughs> yeah. I know. And thank All right. you so much. Okay. Right. Okay. Bye-bye. Take care. Yeah, bye-bye. Uh-huh. All right. My guest now is uh, Don Hyden, and I'm going to be bringing him right in. But let me just uh, say this. I mentioned this last week. I'm going to be over at Pine Bush going to be there. And that's coming up on September 4th, uh, Saturday. I'm getting in the day early. We're going to go to the museum. I think there's like an opening or a tour or something like that. So that's on Friday night on the 3rd. But if anyone wants to go to Pine Bush, or you're planning to make sure you track me down. I like I always like listening. I mean, I always like meeting listeners is what I'm trying to say. So I'd, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and, and hope to see you there. Now, here's my guest. Uh, Don Hyden, and uh, we're going to be talking about a very strange encounter he had um, about 30 years ago, and um, a lot of similarities. Well, I'll just let him talk about it. Here he is. Don, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Thanks yeah. for having me. I, I thought it was kind of interesting. I thought it was a, actually thought it was a joke when someone said, hey, there's someone that has a Tic Tac UFO experience that's also an antique like auction guy. And I said, no, no, that's got to be a joke. But anyway, uh, I listened to your video and I was kind of blown away um, by a a number of things you said, not just how you described what you saw, but other things, too. So uh, but anyway, for the person who's uh, you're not in the UFO world. Matter of fact, this is really outside of doing your own uh, podcast or, or I'm sorry, live stream or recording, whatever you did about this. This is really the first time. And that you have ever spoken about this in this type of venue. Yes, definitely. So definitely. Yeah. So, and uh, I, I was glad that you only did it because I'm an antique guy. 
that's that's <laughs> honestly the truth. I looked in. I'm if somebody contacts me, I got fifteen hundred videos up on YouTube. I got another three hundred on on Patreon. Maybe almost four hundred. I I don't do much with other people unless I'm researching them and stuff like that. And when somebody reaches out to me, that's the first thing I do. And and uh, again, the, the antique I guess drew it. You know, I'm I'm a whether I'm on YouTube or not. I'm a I'm a pretty um, business oriented. And that's pretty much all I do. I don't have a ton of friends that I go hang out with, and we don't go. We're, we're usually into business, and that's most of my time. Yep. No, I get that. This is. I've always said this about the business of of antiques and auctions that it will take every single minute that you give to it. I mean, you can, you can spend, I mean, I have a really close friend um, in the auction business and he's very successful, but I mean, he just goes, you know, maybe 14 hours a day, every day, you know, he doesn't stop. That's, that's me. Yeah. And he's lifting furniture in his sixties, you know, he's, he's carrying and, you know, I mean, he never stops, never stops. I don't do um, furniture. Because it's kind of addictive. It's so much, I mean, I, I still love what I do. You know, um, yeah, you know, and I, I promise the listener out there or the uh, person watching on uh, video that we're not going to talk about antiques. We're, I'm just touching on it right now. But um, uh, it's really nice when you have a career that you love. And I love what I do. It's the, I love exploring the history of things and and the stories and the connections with people that these objects have. And and we're all just uh, babysitting objects for the time we're here and passing them on. And it's it's pretty fascinating to see what the lives are of these pieces that kind of go through our lives. And um, and I'm not, I, you know, I, I'm not a type of person that I get all excited about something value. I get more excited about something rare. History. You know? Yeah, the history of it. Yeah. And I was lucky enough. I never really talk about this, but I was lucky enough to handle um, Abraham Lincoln's second to last letter oh. that he wrote on his knee in the White House lobby just um, uh, like an hour before he left for the theater that night. So it was passed down in a family in New Hampshire. I just happened to uh, be at the right place at the right time. So it's always, it's a really fun business and uh, the connections and everything to the objects is quite amazing. But let's hear what happened to you while you were metal detecting. Well, I've been a metal detector for, geez, since probably 85 or so. Uh, we had run up and down. Uh, it was winters. I don't. I didn't metal detect in Florida in the summer. It was just way, way, way too hot. And we were um, heading back up towards the St. Mark's area. Anybody who metal detects, and I, I think I saw somebody who said they metal detect. I've always looked for um, hand hammer coins. That's what I always wanted. That that was like the one thing that scarce as can be. So we picked out a place near St. Mark's in Florida, which is a, a very old. Spanish area, colonial, old trails and and old uh, stagecoach paths and walking paths up there. And we had, had metal detected at a place a couple other times. We It's a three-hour drive from where we were at. So I think we got up there around three and we were going to dig. And we were metal detecting up through an area out in a scrub brush area. We had parked... Um, I wish I would have drawn a picture of it, but there, there we parked down a little tiny road that was half overgrown. It's uh, just south, um, I would say southwest of St. Mark's by about six or seven miles. There was a like a small fort site, and we had just been metal detecting. We had metal detected pretty much throughout the day. We stopped and ate, 
it was getting towards the dark. So we were making our way back to the car. There was a little trail through the woods. There's a bunch of woods. The woods break down into like a scrub brush. Anybody who's been in Florida probably knows what a scrub brush is, but it's like little tiny uh, miniature palm trees. It almost looks like they're, they're all over in some areas. You can't metal detect there. So you stick to where they cleared. And we were coming back down, me and a friend of mine, somebody I'd known, he lived next door to me. He's the one who actually introduced me to Melitecting in Florida. And um, I had got a signal. It was dark out. It had just turned dark maybe 10, 15 minutes ago. We tried to time it. So we hit back to the vehicle, uh, you know, just at dark. We didn't want to miss any time. Again, it, it's a six-hour round trip, so we wanted to yeah. get as much metal detecting as we could. I had gotten uh, leaned down. We were just almost out of the woods to where the field was again, and the field was, I don't know, three, 400 feet across this way and a lot wider this way, maybe 1,000 feet. I don't know. It was, it was a decent-sized field with, like, maybe a foot tall, like, rye grass or something on it. I don't know what it would be called, maybe weed or something, but we had just gotten towards the edge. I totally wasn't paying attention to what he was doing. I got a signal and it was a good one. It was a solid beep sounding like, you know, a coin or maybe a button, which obviously is something you'd want to find. And I was digging it up and he came up to me and tapped me on my shoulder. And I looked and I really didn't pay much attention. And then he did it again. And I says, what, 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 come on. I, I was literally aggravated because, you know, it's the last of the day. We didn't have anything really good that we had found. And I was hoping, hoping, hoping. And uh, next time he tapped, it's, pointing up and all I said was look and I, I literally looked I stood up and just dropped everything I had and for the next maybe two or three minutes again I don't have a watch I wasn't paying attention at the time but next two or three minutes I just watched this orb bouncing around in the same little pattern back and forth and back and forth it wasn't there was no sound we were out in the middle of nowhere there was no sound at all and that's why we were puzzled or I was puzzled I should say and as it bounced around, it, I can't say bounced. I don't know what you'd even call it. Skipped, skipped across like you're skipping a stone or something. Um, I related it back then to a, a I, I guess you'd call it a wind tunnel or a parachute tunnel or something like that. We saw up in Canada back in the 80s or 90s. It was like locked in a spot. It was almost like it couldn't go past a spot on either side. Um, Distance-wise, I've been asked this before. I have to guess maybe a, a mile or less away from us. It was pretty much almost straight in front of us. To my left would have been where the golf was. To the right was the main highway heading up towards I-10. It's pretty far up north of uh, St. Mark's. It's up up by heading like you're heading up towards uh, what else would be up that way? It's, it's the panhandle, to the west. right? Is it, is it the panhandle? It's, it's right up towards the panhandle, but it's not in the panhandle. I think Lake City was maybe 50 miles to the east of us, maybe something like that. It's been a long time. I lived in Florida for 10 years, but at that point, you know, we just stopped and we were staring at it for, for a, a couple of minutes because it was just, it, it was the weirdest thing I had ever seen. And, and I thought, well, at first, you know, helicopter, you know, what are you, what are you wasting my time? But within like two or three seconds of staring after, you know, he finally got my attention with it. It wasn't moving right. There was no sound. You would have heard a helicopter at that distance. I can't imagine any way you couldn't have, you know, and, and it was really quiet. I mean, you could still hear the crickets and all the, all the birds and everything else was still out there. There was still wrestling in the, in the, in the uh, brush and the trees around me. And after watching it for a few minutes, it got bigger for just a second. 
bigger. I, we don't, I don't know if it turned or it did come a little closer, but then within just a few more seconds, it was right up in front of us. I mean, it was like, boom. And at that point I was totally like weirded out because we didn't, well, I keep saying we, cause I don't know exactly his expression on what he personally saw in that, but I couldn't see it move. I didn't see it move. It was just this ball bouncing around. And then all of a sudden it's right there in front of me. So I don't know if it moved or if it just was there uh, again, that sounds weird, but that that's, that's my, my take. I don't know what it did. I didn't see it. If it moved, it moved so, so fast that I can't even comprehend the fact that it was that far away with this ball bouncing around versus this thing that's, you know, right up here. And it was, it was, it was really surprising. And then uh, you kind of notice what's going on after it's been here for a few seconds. There's no noise. I mean, it was almost like the wind even stopped. There was nothing. It was nothing at all. All I could do was hear, you know, silence, dead silence in there. As I looked, no, at no it, insects, right? Nothing. There, there was no sound in, the only other time I can say I've ever heard something like that, if you're out in the, the, the out in the country, we lived on a farm at one point in, in Hickory, Mississippi, the lightning strikes out there. You hear the crickets and everything's dead. And then slowly you hear the crickets come back up. I don't know if, if you know what I'm talking about, but yeah. the, the minute before the crickets started, you start coming back in. It was that dead silent. It was like an instant, like somebody flipped a switch is, is, is what it was like. It's one minute, everything's fine. And in the next minute, there's something right there. Then every single thing, it was nothing. That that I think that was the part that really got me because it, it, it was. I don't want to say out of this world because I I don't I don't know what it was, but it 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 didn't it defied my my understanding of what should happen if something's flying above me. It, it wasn't. I mean, I've seen the shuttle. I've seen all kinds of stuff happen. And, and I can been on planes hundreds of times as a regional and, and it, it defied logic to what it did. Yeah. And we watched it for 15, 20, maybe 25 seconds. I mean, the whole thing was four minutes or less. No exaggeration in time wise. And I was looking at it and it, it did a, a weird turn. It angled just a hair where it was kind of like cockeyed. And then a second later, it was gone. I mean, it was just, it was like I blinked and it was gone. It was just like, um, it was never there almost. It was the weirdest thing. Now, I don't know if after that, the bugs or anything, because I, I was totally, you know, I, nothing else was on my mind. Let's, let's go. We've had enough, you know, let's get out of here. And that was pretty much all we said. You know, we walked straight to the car, no more metal detecting, nothing. We had time. I, I was done. I, I don't know. It's a little hard to explain the feeling because I've never experienced anything weird or was never anything like that. I wasn't, you know, it's not, never anything that I thought I would ever even want to experience. You know, I'm not looking for it. I wasn't a, a UFO guy in any way, shape or form. We were metal detecting. I was gung ho on finding, you know, a hand hammered or something really good. And, you know, it, it totally changed my whole thought for quite some time on it. You know, that, that, that was the experience. That was the whole thing. There were that, that was it. Yeah. But let's describe what you saw and why you decided to talk about it. Well, with with the 2017 coming out, the object was literally to the T the, the same description. Now let me let me step back for a second here. There there are some appendages on the bottom, and I I've had questions about that, what I saw. 
when I first saw in front of us, right up on top of us, I can't say there was anything under it. I can't say at all. I, I don't know because I was just so fixated on a solid object that close that it was 50 feet in front of us and about 125, maybe 150 feet uh, above, above the ground. And I can say that fairly accurately because there was trees. There was three trees, one real big tree, and then two other little trees out in the center of the field. There was taller grass around there like they never plowed it. At one point, there was a deer stand out there. It may even have been out there that day. I don't know. There's a deer hunter. There was even tracks where we were walking look like somebody had at some point been going through there with four wheelers left and right at some time. I don't know what hunting season is. So maybe it was still hunting season. I, I have no clue on that. I don't, not a hunter, never been hunting in my life. Nothing wrong with it. My, my father-in-law has hunted his whole life. So I've eaten venison from them and all, but you know, it, 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 the, the, the fact that something was just sitting there in the sky I was locked. There was nothing else going on in my world other than what we were looking at. Nothing, nothing. No, I don't think even if he was yelling, I would have probably heard it at that point because I was so fixated on, on, on the experience of this thing just sitting there, you know, and, and I don't know anything that can freeze in midair like that. It wasn't wavering from where it was at. It was just in one single spot. No movement back and forth, left and right or nothing. And I can say that without a doubt because that tree was there. You know, it, it was like, there's no way I can, I can explain it with anything natural that I've ever seen in my life. There's no way to say that something could do that and, and freeze in mid air. I, that, that, it was just there. I mean, I, I don't know how to, how to voice it enough because there, there's no explanation to say what would do that in my mind. And again, I, we've, I've seen this shuttle take off from the three mile mark. We've seen them explode a rocket that was off course. I've seen, you know, the blue angels, we've been to the air shows, you, you know, back in Meridian, they used to have a real nice air show in Meridian, Mississippi. And, you know, I, I have no, nobody has ever shown me anything that could explain it. Nothing other than, uh, and I don't, I hate, I'm bad on names forever. Dr. F David, uh, David Fravor, David Fravor. I'm sorry, David Fravor. The only thing that matched or even came that rocked me out of my world was the explanation. And now when I first heard the explanation of the, the Tic Tac, I never related it to Tic Tac. I never even, I think saw a Tic Tac. I know that sounds weird, but I'm not a big candy person. And then he talked about the, the propane tank. And again, I never thought about a propane tank at that point. I don't think I've ever seen a propane tank those big ones. Uh, those are like country things, but I'm, oh, yeah. I'm you know what I mean? Yep. And, and I'm used to the smallest, but that fit, that fit so much. I mean, to, to the T and everything I saw uh, again, that pretty much changed my, my opinion on, on talking about it. Um, a year and a half ago, I actually uh, mentioned it on a live stream on one of my live streams. And, Ever since then, it may have been a little farther back than that. I don't. I don't know. It's been a long time, and and I promised my subscribers I would, I would talk about it. And I didn't really want to put it all out there because I know all the ridicule and, and stuff a lot of people get from that. And I've heard stories and and stuff. And you know my history on it. We've been attacked on YouTube, so I'm always cautious on stuff like that. After they bugged me, not bugged. I to apologize if anybody's watching who who is part of the reason I put that out there, but. I did the video a year and a half after I did, and I, I pretty much just did it on the spur of the moment just to get it out there. Um, again, I'm not I'm not a UFO person at all. I'm not one to 
to put stuff out like that. I, I do. I'm very much tied to business. If anybody sees my my videos on what I actually do for a living, you know, I, I'm I'm very much out there. And, and I didn't want to. The video I put up to about this, I put up on my small channel. I only had five thousand. I've got ten times that on my normal channel. Um, I, I was yeah. just doing it for subscribers, I guess, because I, I gave my word I would put it out there. And I guess that's that's why I, I feel a little more comfortable these days with the, the government report coming out. Extremely yeah. disappointed. We didn't get to see the real stuff, which I'm sure they have. But, um, yeah. Yeah, you we'll know, see how that goes. That, that's supposed to be the preliminary report. And nobody talks about that. They act like that's the only report we'll ever see. That's possible. But it, it, it was called the preliminary report. Now you made a model and I want to, I want to show the model because people are going to kind of flip out when they see it. Look at that. Look at the now, model with the appendages and they were just, just very much like David Fravor described. Um, now, Dave Beatty uh, did a three dimensional. Now on, on these, as I said, I don't, I thought they were landing feet. That's what I thought because of the way it, just sat there. I, I can't say they were there originally. So I don't know if these are always there. It was as strange as that sounds. There was no, there's no holes. There's no seams, nothing. There's, there's nothing. I mean, a propane tank, I had to look at, look at one actually to see, I wouldn't say a propane tank, but it's everything else I've ever seen has a seam, has a, a rivet. Uh, unless you, even if you, you 3D print something, I guess, you'd still have some point where it's not going to be perfectly smooth. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a big person on all that kind of stuff. But to me, unless it was made in one solid piece, which I don't know how you'd ever get anything inside of it, I, there was nothing. It was just a closed structure, solid. Again, somebody and what said, about, excuse me, what about lights? It, it, it uh, the be the best explanation I can say, and, and I've thought about it for a long time, is it that the object itself appeared like it was in broad daylight, even though it was night out. Every it was it was almost like uh, enough glow was reflecting off of it to make a it lit up around it. I, I should say I, I don't Did know. It how almost have like a glow around it. It 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 had a not a halo, but like kind of surrounded with light, like a bubble of light, not a bubble per se, but I, it, it, it what there was no lights on it, but it was like as bright as the, the moon, I guess you could say at the time there, the moon wasn't out like a full moon or anything. So, but it was, it was bright. It, it, it was illuminated somehow. That's, that's what I could say, but it, it reminded me of what you might see in the daylight, but it was, it was, it was daylight and the rest of it wasn't as strange as that sounds. I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. Cause there was no, there was no source of light, but it was lit. You know, so, uh, Brett wants to know, when did you construct your model? Uh, probably seven years ago. And I can say that for a relative, and again, I can't prove any of that, but I can say that fairly well because it's been in a box since we moved here. And again, I've got hundreds of models that I do. So it was thrown in a box with a whole bunch of other stuff. So what inspired uh, you to all of a sudden make that model? Were you just thinking about it one day? I do, yeah, I do my, I, I do, I, I, one day I decided to do a trilobite. So I did a trilobite. I mean, I do, this is resin cast. I carved it out of, um, uh, shoot, um, uh, Chavant clay, which is what they use to do like uh, maquettes and stuff at Disney. I, 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 I messed with that stuff. I worked at Disney for a while. So that's what I did with that. Um, I make models all the time. I probably made three or four that very same day I did that one too. 
and it sat in a box with everything else. I've got probably a hundred boxes that haven't been unpacked in seven years, probably merchandise stuff that I don't know what to do with, or, you know, family stuff that we keep. We're, we're a business and, and all of my efforts go usually into that. So I didn't pull it out. I, I, people were asking, why didn't you show up the first video? The first video, I turned on the camera and I started talking. I don't plan everything that I do. Again, if I wanted to, to plan it, I would have done a huge thing and I would have put it on my channel with almost 60,000 views instead of putting it on my 5,000 view channel. I did it to satisfy a statement I made that I would put it out there for my subscribers. I never thought it would get to anything big. It was just to put it out there. I mean, I that, that was it. Like 38,000 people found it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, Again, I, I that channel, I mean, I don't have many views on that channel. At all. It wasn't like planned. I figured it would just go to the people that been asking me for a year and a half about right. the, the experience. And, and uh, you know, I almost thought I shouldn't have said anything, but I, I spilled the beans on a live show once. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not opened on certain personal aspects of my life online. I'm mostly business and I keep it that way usually. And, you know, you get to the questions like, you know, what's the weirdest thing you ever had happen? And that's usually yeah. what comes up. You know, it's been a bar story. I've told people, you know, we used to go to a place called Sportstown Billiards on Orange. I think it's on Orange in, in uh, Orlando area. And I don't know how many times we'd play pool and, and that story came up, you know, yeah. back in. A lot of people say that. And um, I've had people ask me the same question. Um, you know, for years and I'll either tell them that, or I had this weird, I don't want to call it a ghost, but something happened in a place. And I tell, I'll tell those stories, but I know exactly what you mean. So, um, there is a question from Richard C. So you didn't see the appendages at first, but you saw them. It after. turned. It turned. I so it, it was, was above you and you couldn't see them. And as soon as it turned, well, they might've been there. I, I can't say, but they were the exact same color as far as I could see as the item itself. So I don't, you know, I didn't see it till it turned because it cast, I could see through the, I could see through these little things. The only reason I think I even saw it, they may not even have been there before. I don't know. That's the only reason I thought that they might've been feet and it was going to land or something. Oh, they might've popped out or then, something. Yeah. Pardon me? They may have popped out or something. You thought I, I don't know. I, yeah. I didn't see it happen if it did. I I was totally fixated on this twenty five plus foot thing sitting up above us with with no nothing, just sitting there. You know, it was like it was locked in the position. It, it was it 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 defied my my logic, and I'm a fairly logic person. I mean, I I spent you know six years in college earning a master's in research and communication. I I got to have facts for everything. I got to see it, and to me, it 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 defied anything that was logical in my, my, my thoughts. It, it totally, I, I was, I was, I was, I was stumpified. I didn't know what to say. I was just totally like lost for a minute there other than yeah. let's get out of here at this point, because I felt uncomfortable. You know, right. I wasn't like scared, I should say, but I felt really uncomfortable because it felt like I was being watched. It felt like somebody mm. was eyeballing me from behind, even though I'm looking at it. That's what it felt like. Like, you know, what else is out here, you know, because we're out in the middle of nowhere. It wasn't like I was, you know, out in the middle of a city street or something. We're out in the middle of nowhere. We've run into alligators out in the woods and stuff. So, you know, you 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 never know what to expect. But that that was beyond it. I'd rather run into alligators. You know, at least I I'm, I feel a little more comfortable. I know how fast they can run and walk yeah. slow and don't call to attention to, you know, that kind of thing. But, and you have a really you had or I don't know if you still have it, but I know you told me you had a really good metal detector i don't know what the brand was, i've got but two it's a sorrow golden saber two 
Yeah. And so, but you just like dropped it and the headphones popped off your ears. And, and if, um, if, if you metally teched, headphones are like 40 or 50 bucks for a decent one. And, and I, the cords, you always damage the cords. So I'm always very careful. I usually wrapped it around the handle. There's a bend in the handle and I usually wrapped it around the bend where the grip is. And I let it go. It pulled the cord out and everything. And, and that was, you know, I didn't even care. It didn't, I totally forgot what we were doing. All I cared about was, what's going on as I'm looking up at this thing. And, and I didn't even look at my friend. I'm sure he was doing the exact same thing. My eyes were locked. There was nothing else in my world other than what was bouncing around and moved up in front of me. That was, that was, that was just the only thing going on at that time. I, I you know what I mean? It was, it was, I don't want to say earth shattering, but it was, it really changed my view on, on what would be possible, I guess. Yeah, I would I would say earth shattering if I was gonna well describe it. But uh, but here's a question. I'm only putting this up because uh, several people are asking, and this this seems to happen when people have encounters like this. Did you happen to notice um, any missing time? Like you thought, well, I thought it was three o'clock, and but it's actually five or anything like that. No, I would yeah. say that that wouldn't be possible at all. Um, probably was dark at eight thirty nine o'clock. We probably been up there five or six hours. We were home probably around midnight. So I can't imagine where time would have went otherwise. I mean, I've, I've been asked that too. And I, I've never, no, I could say no, unless I don't know it, but I can't imagine that being the case. I mean, I, I never wore watches back and then it, it was, you could read them. I didn't have any way to read it back, you know, so why wear them, you know, and plus you get them dirty. My wife gave me a nice, um, I can't remember the brand anymore. It's been since trash, but she gave me a watch and I would never wear that out to dig up you know, you usually got gloves on and the whole works. You might get glass in your hand if you don't, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to give a shout out to um, Basement Podcast with Bob and Chad. I was on there last week and anyone can find that like on. Oh, I think it's on uh, any podcast app out there. Real fun guys. Anyway, uh, they I really had a good time with them. So if you want to check out that show, look up uh, the Basement Hangout podcast. Uh, that was last week. But um, so when this happened, you mentioned that your friend that you're with, you weren't really talking about it as it was happening. What about the ride home? We listened to the radio. I, I think about the only words we said was that was pretty weird. And that was about it. You I know, mean, that, that is so common. I, I have to tell you, that's one of the it seems like a commonality. I guess I would call it that um, when people have sightings together, I could tell you so many stories that it's exactly the same thing that happened i mean the allegash incident up in maine um there was there's there's so many even a friend of mine who's an antique dealer auctioneer that had a sighting with his friends that was right over their head as they were walking along when he was a teenager they never talk about it what about when i i know you mentioned that you're not you haven't really been in touch uh too much with your friend over the years but was he out there talking about the story i know you talked about it with your friends and family all these years? My wife worked with his wife and I worked in the same complex at Disney back in those days. So, I mean, the wife talked about it. Um, what was he doing back? I don't remember what he was even doing as a living back then. I think he was an antiques dealer. He was heavy into military and uh, one of his friends was even uh, like, uh, he did um, like Daguerre, modern day daguerreotypes uh, and ambrotypes and things like that. Um, I, I know he told people too for, for fact, you know, uh, without a doubt, because I heard it back from somebody else who had talked to him and wanted to hear my side of the story if he was telling the truth. And, 
You know, I, I literally told him the story from start to finish, which was apparently the same thing as his too. I mean, uh, again, we, we talked about it maybe three times after that. On the way in the car, I was totally lost in deep thought on trying to rationalize what I saw, I guess you would say, because I didn't, I don't know. I don't know what you'd say about it. I didn't, you know, and somebody said, well, why didn't you report? I don't know who you'd report that to. I would be nervous to tell a, a police officer, hey, you know, we saw this thing out there in the middle of the woods that, you know, made no sound and the animals stopped. I mean, I had, I mean, I well, don't you know. know. That's, that's I, my experience was I, I called the police department when I was in Carmel Valley. And well, I actually called the Monterey police department because that object was heading that way. And I had a sarcastic woman on the other end of the line that put me on hold forever. So I didn't know who to call either. Back in this was 2007. I had no idea that there was even anything online that you could report to that actually is there. Uh, one of the things you mentioned is about, which I think would freak me out the most, is about the silence of the insects, animals, and all that happening at once. Um, uh, we had someone on this show maybe two years ago that talked about a military um, sighting he had somewhere in Florida where he said he was right near uh, the Everglades and it was extremely loud. Your ears almost rang with all the insect noise. Yeah, the bug. Yeah, they, they, and, yeah, I've been down that way. I know. And all of a sudden, everything went dead quiet when the object came over him. And the dogs <laughs> were trying to hide. They had, they had uh, German shepherds. Um, all in their pens, and they were all trying to hide. And uh, but there's there's many stories of the exact same thing, like completely dead silence. Um, for instance, the, I don't know if you saw the Berkshires UFOs on UFO encounter on uh, Unsolved Mysteries last year. But yeah, I don't they, watch any TV or anything else like that. Oh yeah, you you work. I know. I know. Yeah, how, I, know I don't. The gift. I don't. I have I, I have yeah. vision issues, so my time's limited to what I can actually see and stuff. I oh. Yeah. So, but anyway, in that particular um, episode, they talk about, it seemed, seemed like they were underwater. That's what happened to the sound. The sound just seemed like you were underwater all of a sudden um, with all the insects and everything. So that's not an uncommon thing at all. The other, not, the other thing I already mentioned was, you know, not to talk about it with the person you had the experience with. Um, you know, a, a really good thing to have done that a lot of people never think of, but I just say this to anyone out there that might be listening who may have a sighting, is immediately separate from the person you had the encounter with and draw what you saw. That's uh, I learned that from a UFO researcher in Switzerland, class fun. But that's a you just have no way to pollute what you saw when you just separate yourselves and and and. This was this was so close and so just a basic shape. You know what I mean? It would be hard pressed to come up with any other description of it other than than a big white oblong two, basically, because that's that's all it was. It, there was no defining marks, you know, other than the things on the bottom. Again, I really thought they were they were feet for a minute there. And I don't know what I would have done if it landed. There was, I think, the other step. And part of the reason we just, I just wanted to go. I was done. I, you know, once it was gone and I, I wasn't like locked staring at it where I couldn't get anything else out of my, you know, that was the only thing in my head. It was the only thing going on was what's, what's, what's this doing? I mean, that's, that's all I could think of. And, you know, let's get out of here was the only thing I could think of after it was gone. Cause Did I you thought, feel, pardon me. 
Go ahead. No, I, uh, you were going to say, did I feel threatened? Yeah. yeah. No, I would say no. I was more, I felt like somebody was looking over my shoulder was like the, the, like I'm being watched. Like someone was eyeballing me, I guess, you know, there was some movie, are you eyeballing me boy? And that's, that's what it felt like, I guess more than anything else. It was like a, I don't know. It, it, it's, I, I can't explain it. It was, it was a weird, weird experience. I've never felt or, or, or felt that weird or odd about anything else before or after. I don't have any way to, I wasn't scared so much or anything else like that. I was maybe intimidated. I don't know. I don't know what, yeah. what, what would be the correct term for that. Um, yeah. I'm very apprehensive. I, I wasn't, I didn't want to be there anymore. I'll put it that way. I wasn't necessarily, I didn't want to see what happened next if it landed or, or you know, we were in the wrong place at the wrong time or anything else. I, I already blew off any option that it was some government vehicle in my mind because there's no way. My father was in the military. You know, I, I, I've seen helicopters and I've been in, in, in that kind of stuff and I've been on bases and, and stuff. My father's at Fort Knox. We went to Fort Knox as a kid. So I, 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 I was uh, it was uncomprehendable what happened in, in, I have no way to rationalize or uh, to explain it other than that. There's, uh, there's no other explanation. The proposal thing was, was the, the, the most puzzling in my mind. Again, I, I, I had a full-time job. We were working 60 hours at Disney. I didn't, if I did get out, we went mentally tech. And so it, 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 it occupied my brain for weeks. And then after that, it was back to, you know, hanging out with my, my wife. We just got married, I think, just before that. Well, actually, we got married after that. That definitely was before I was married, now that I think about it. So, I mean, we've been dating for a year, I think, at that point, maybe. Did you, you talk know. about it with your colleagues? Oh, yeah, yeah. The first thing I said when we got out, because the wife, his his wife had said something to it, too. And my wife told told people also about it. Um, it was all Disney people, people at, at Disney and stuff. And I still talk to quite a few people from Disney as well. Yeah. Um, so Richard wanted to know, have you or your family had other unexplained experiences? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Never. The one and only thing I can ever say is, is this. Yeah. Now, um, one of the things that some people, uh, I don't know if you could turn your volume down just a little bit, but I think we may be having a little bit of feedback. Um, so to, to your speakers, um, one of oh, the, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. That, that's all right. So one of the theories that people come up with, because I believe I told you that when we were talking off air, like I know less about this topic than when I started 367 shows ago, whatever it is, or, or is it, I don't even know how many shows I've done, but um, a lot. <laughs> anyway, the, the, the point is some people have the theory that this is possibly um, interdimensional. When you talk about the behavior of the object um, that that could that could almost fit. And um, and by the way, it was 467 shows. That's what I meant to say. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, did it I, feel like it I could don't be say popping alien. in and out of? Pardon me? Did it feel like it could be popping in and out of your re reality, basically? Uh, I see the problem with that. That thinking in my mind was that I had to assume by the fact that when it was at a distance, it did get a little bigger for just a second, and then it was there. I assume that it, it moved that quickly these days. That's what I think now. Then maybe a different story. But now, 
with science. I took physics and astronomy in college. I, I've dug into that, not because of this. It had nothing. It was part of my my, my pre-required classes for, for it. But I, I, I almost wonder if they've been here, they've under the water. If, if again, oh, this is just speculation. Who knows at this point? Maybe they are from somewhere else. My, my biggest... I want to bring up a scientist for just, can I, you mind if I go off on tangent about why I think certain things for just yeah, a second? Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I've watched him in the past. I've watched the universe, all that kind of stuff. And yeah. I, I admired him until these scientists blow off the fact, well, it's too far, too far away. There's no way they can get here in this time. Uh, that, that kills it for me on anybody these days because we're in our infant. Uh, stage of understanding science. In my right. opinion, we're That's talking right. about somebody who could have been some being something else, who could have been around for a million years. It only took go. I collect antiques, as you know, and we talk about antiques. If I go back a hundred years, the stuff we have now would be completely unrecognizable in any way. If I took a cell phone back to the Revolutionary War, they would be in awe. It would pretty much stop society to see what this thing is, and I just. I personally feel that we they could get here, and I I think we just don't understand technology enough to transverse the amount of, of distance that you would have to. I personally feel that science is just in its infancy. So, uh, you were mentioning Ari Loeb. I I do like him, and he's the first scientist. And I heard what happened to him after he came out, and he's yeah. the first one. I, I think he is an astrophysicist, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he's yeah. the first one that I feel that he's being sincere and he's more interested in the science versus sticking. To, I, again, I went to, I got a master's degree. There's a click in college that the, 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 the professors there promote fellow professors books. They all stick in a little click. And again, no offense to anybody else. I would like to have my PhD one, one day too, but I feel that it's this type of thing is holding it back. I truly believe that there that the space distance means nothing with the right technology, and I believe that that technology is here. Uh, if if the Russians had this, if China had this in eighty nine ninety, we wouldn't be having an arms race. They wouldn't need to invest the money they are into military. It would be done. We wouldn't be able to do anything about it. It would be done. It it, it defies logic if somebody has this here. Again, maybe they're in the water. Maybe the story of Atlantis is some, uh, you know, <laughs> glimpse of some something. A lot of it seems to happen by water. My experience was a very, very close distance to the Gulf. I, I don't know. I, I, I just think that that the idea that they're from twenty light years away is completely hundred percent a possibility. Just because, with again the right technology, it doesn't mean you have to have wormholes or anything else like that. I just feel we don't understand how it all works yet, and and we I know agree. that. Yeah, you're preaching to you're preaching to the choir here. And I've that's, had people on that you know were basically debunkers type type or skeptics that I've talked about this, and so I pose the question: maybe they understand some physics that we don't we have not discovered yet. Because that's we have we will discover physics in the future, and the problem with science and a lot of scientists, not all of them, but we're always thinking that we know everything there is to know, which is absolutely ridiculous. Because uh, you can't go forward if you have a, a mind like that. I mean, you're you're closed-minded to discovering things because you just think it can't be done. You can't 
traverse the unit, you know, the stars because it can't be done. It's too far. We can't do it. That doesn't mean somebody a hundred years, a thousand years more advanced than us can't do it. It, it, They're, 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 they're comparing apples and oranges. It would be like asking a caveman to do it versus asking us to go to the moon. I, 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 I am stymied by the, the, by just the thought that they say the distance is too, is too great. It's too great for us. It's too great for us. We couldn't even travel across, across the ocean for, you know, most of, of human existence. We right. had no means to do it, whether we could navigate it or not, or guide our, our direction by the stars or not. We had no way to do it. And that wasn't that long ago. So the idea that, that just because we can't transverse space, it, it may mean nothing. The, the fact that it could, and again, I, I'm assuming at this point that it moved from above the trees almost a mile away to right in front of us in the blink of an eye or quicker because it moved that fast, I personally feel. I personally feel that it was able to put in a direction or a spot it went, and it instantly transversed that that distance in that great or that that split second. That's what I truly, honestly believe, and I believe science is stymieing it because they're already assuming that that can't happen, and that's the problem with with holding this back. You know, that's why Ari Loeb, I've watched his his whole talk on that, actually. I need to get his book. But um, and I'm not big on reading, not that I don't read, but I don't have time for it. But I would put the time down to see what what that professor has to say, because that 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 is what we need more of. Because, again, saying we can't do it means no one can do it is crazy. It's totally crazy. That would mean we couldn't split the atom and all these other things that we have been able to do. And that's nothing. For all yeah. we know, other societies or whoever could be coming here never even needed to split the atom. Maybe there was some element on their planet that made it totally pointless to do that. Just yeah. like a Dyson sphere they talk about. I think no one needs that. I think that's a crazy thing to be looking for, basically, because it would be more work than it was worth if you could harness it in a smaller area. Why would you need to do, uh, again, uh, that, that, that's, the, again, these, these theoretical physicists drive me nuts because I could uh, theorize anything. It doesn't mean it's real, but then they, they say you can't go the distance, but yet they're theorizing stuff that they have no explanation. And it's the same thing as traveling the distance. Right, right. All right. Uh, Welcome back. This is Martin Willis. And uh, tonight we have Don Hyden on and he is talking about a UFO encounter. And I just ran that clip because, uh, you know, we were talking there. I was talking about technology back in 2004. And we have someone that observed something very similar much earlier. Welcome back, Don. Good to be back. Don, did you say that was more like 1989, 1990, something like that. It was in the winter, 89, It would have been like December or January, one of those two. I can't give you a specific date. We've metal detected up there, God, I don't know how many times, you know, throughout that area. Yeah. Um, you know, one, I don't know if I ever asked you this, but has anyone ever given you a hard time about this story? Like if you're out in a bar or whatever and you're talking no, about No, honestly, it. no. I mean, I got a bunch of, from the first video I put up, I think I, I had ended up deleting like 12 nasty comments. But I mean, I get them on my videos about eBay and stuff all the time. So, yeah. you know. It, it kind of goes with the territory, unfortunately, when whenever you're out there talking about, it doesn't matter what you're talking about, really. You know, it, it no, I've just, never had anybody in, in person ever, you know, if they wanted to hear the whole thing and ask questions and stuff, usually, you know, that's that's usually the end of the extent of the thing. And then we went on to doing whatever we were doing after the conversation, usually. Yeah. And so, you, you know, you were making a, a really good point about um, Neil deGrasse Tyson 
um, about other scientists, you know, and, and um, in particular, I just did want to mention that if you go to the debrief uh, website, uh, Leslie Kane wrote an article. Uh, I think it came out last week sometime. And in that article, she does talk about people like Neil deGrasse Tyson and how he's like close-minded and, and, you know, an interview, I, I have a clip here on my YouTube channel about him, you know, basically being. Don't, don't get me wrong. I think he's doing a good service. I think he's good in it, but he's, he's stymieing because he just assumes it's not possible to begin with. And I'm, I want to be more open to not, I think yeah. that's what a scientist should be. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Neil deGrasse. Tyson. So do I, don't I, get me wrong, I've but I lost his series. And, you know, I, I really, I think he's, he's a great speaker, but he does say, um, you know, things that, that don't make sense. Like he doesn't. And then he goes on to say that no one should really talk about something unless they really know about it. And, but he does that with the, I'm not UFO. trying to pick on him either. He's just, I figured everybody knew who he was. You know, there's a bunch of the yeah. other ones, green and, and some of the other ones and stuff. So yeah. Right. Brian green. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, um, it is, it is interesting, but what has happened, I think, and it just seems like a snowball effect. I don't know how much you really have time to pay attention to any of this, but it is sort of snowballing. Uh, science is starting to snowball their interest in this topic. And the more, you know, like NASA is going to look into the UAPs, um, you know, that's that's pretty important. And and I think, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I heard you mention earlier, even off air. You just want to know in your lifetime what it is. I'm not sure if we're going to know, but it seems like we have been moving the needle over the last few years. And well, I, with the report that they put out, I know it's preliminary as we were talking before. My only problem is it's only covers like the last two years of incidences. That's, that's part of the problem that there's that they barely skim the surface of what they have to have. I mean, there's just no, just like I read an article, um, I don't remember the, 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 where it was at. I saved it somewhere, but saying we have material from, from sites that people have found, you know, and, and like, not to go off tangent for a minute, but like Bob Lazar, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm a very suspicious person on anything. I got to see the facts, but even what he says matches it. And I didn't figure that out until after, you know, 2017. I'm, I was never into that. I don't watch any of those any of those mystery shows or, or ancient aliens. I don't watch, I don't have time for any of that. And even if I did, that's not what I would watch. Um, uh, again, I, I think, I think that some of these scientists are nervous. They don't want their world to change. And I think they're, they're stuck in there. And they, again, I saw somebody put a comment. They put, he's put his foot down again. I, I'm no disrespect to, to professor Tyson or anything else like that. I just think that they had, again, I, I, I seen the professors in person. I dealt with them for my board to pass my, my masters. I know how glitchy and groupy they all are. And again, no disrespect, but that, that is how the whole thing works. Every professor and, and master for when I was going for my masters, all the, the books that we had to do or address or things were stuff that was related to friends of theirs. They went to school with or professors they went to, and that's the only reason they picked them. And, uh, that even 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 what I had a professor for uh, we took Japanese history, and even he said he was tenured. He's he's still here. He's still at University of Toledo, and he had made some comments on you know how it is, and and, and that perfectly fits how I thought and what I saw. And 
uh, I just don't want things stymied. I think I think the the idea again, as I said earlier, that if you're saying it can't be possible, you're never going to look into it. You're never going to find out if it is or isn't if you think it's not from the start. You're already made That's up right. your mind what's going to happen at the end of the study. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a saying that goes along those lines, an old saying. Um, but um, um, I probably shouldn't say this, but I do have an issue with Bob Lazar. <laughs> I'm not saying I, I don't either, yeah, but yeah. some of uh, some of the yeah. I'm not wholeheartedly believing everything he says, but some of his there, there's a little too more information than him just being some kook. There's there's, you know, like uh, he's, the, he's extremely bright. There's no. I, and, and, let, yeah. Can I give you a Bob Lazar story? I've actually talked to him. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. He, let's let's hear it. Yeah. In in um, my son's going for a chemistry engineering degree, and Bob Lazar owns. I don't know if he still does United Nuclear, and they used to be in Michigan. And my son had a vintage um, um, Geiger counter that we got at a in in um, in Hocking Hills area in, in in Ohio. He got a vintage. Um, detector. And so I got him a piece of depleted uranium and I still have it. I can prove it. I've got the piece from United Nuclear still here. I called and he answered the phone. I didn't know who he was. I had no idea who Bob Lazar was in any way, shape or form when I talked to him. I talked to him for 15 or 20 minutes. He spent his time, he offered to, because I was worried about getting my son depleted uranium. So, you know, I was definitely afraid my son was trying to get something that might be illegal, that might call attention, that people might think we're up to something crazy. So I had a long conversation about it. He told me he could eat it and it wouldn't hurt him. And he went into a whole story. Yeah, he, he actually sealed it himself in a little glass vial for us. I mean, we're talking like a $60 purchase and he spent 15 minutes of his time with me. And he, he, he was as bright a person as I think I've ever talked to in, in the science aspect of it, without a doubt. And this is true story. I literally talked to him for that time about it when they were in uh, maybe Grand, Grand Rapids because we were even worried about how they could ship it. And uh, we realized they were local. And I, I offered to come and pick it up if there was an issue with it as well. And he was, that was fine. And we had a 15-minute conversation or so with, with Bob Lazar over United Nuclear. And, and again, I didn't know who he was at all. And I didn't even know he owned United Nuclear until like 2018 when somebody else brought it up. I had no clue it was the same gentleman who, who talks about that. He, If he isn't who he says he is, I, I would be shocked, at least with his background. I've seen the jet car, uh, you know, print out. I've seen his name in um, um, one of the telephone directories and you know, on and on. So, yeah, there could be something, you know, not totally straight about everything. But again, I, I'm like the element, whatever the element, 114 or 115, 115. or maybe 151 element. I, someone in chat will let me know. Yeah, I think it's 115 or something like that. Yeah. But the, the whole idea that it, he did, he would have just been making something up that actually now they can prove is there. So, Again, it comes back to we don't understand so much that, you know, some other place could have something that can do stuff that we can't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to get into the Bob Lazar argument because every time I do, I get a lot of email. Um, but um, I do have some interesting documents, but that's all I'm going to say right now. And there's also the uh, the body language panel observed a lot of his videos and you know there was a lot of inconsistencies but um uh like i'm trying not to go there so let's let's move on <laughs> uh, um so what do you think 
about uh, when you hear, I mean, over the years, you must have like seen, like no one talked about the topic at all, really. It just seemed that way. You know, like I, I started this show in 2011 and um, I thought it was fascinating, but you really didn't hear it at all in mainstream media. And then all of a sudden, after 2017, you're hearing it. And have you done, um, or you actually told me off air that you've really looked into, it was baffling to you because of the similarity. So you started saying, like, what's going on here? Well, I, I don't, I don't watch people. I wouldn't watch this if, if I was, if I, if it wasn't me on, I wouldn't be watching it, you know, and I'm not going to watch myself, of course, but I, I have to see video, the videos I watch. If, if there's video posted of it, I come to my conclusion whether I think it's BS. The pilot ones, in my mind, are, again, I, I can't imagine, you know, them not being something out of the ordinary. If our government can't detect where they came from and all, like, what was the last one with the, the pyramid-shaped ones that was all over the place? Yeah, that's that's still not quite, they, they still don't know quite about what that one was but, in but, particular. There was off one off of the uh, Well, that was the one. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the one that they swarmed it. I looked into yeah. that one, very specific one. I tracked down, there was the online, you can see the logbooks from the ships, the actual logbooks that they wrote the events on. And then I looked into the technology that was on the ship on a ton of other military sites, because I thought about doing a video, but I don't. I didn't want to get bombarded, and I, I just said I'm not going to do any more like that. But I looked into all that. The, the ships involved have the most technology we have in this entire country the top of the line everything if you look up what that ship looked like it looks like some futuristic hull it, yeah. it doesn't it's not even Very a strange no, looking yes it, there's only it. seven yeah. of those in the whole entire arsenal and that has those ships have the most advanced technology we have underwater in the air and the ground and, and and for them not to know where it came from where it went for people to say it's a balloon or it's this or that we can tell anything that's terrestrial bound pretty much from what I've seen, you know, and, and to have matching radar from the ship, from other ships to have log books that all match. And, you know, I, I, there, there's, it, it's, it's not technology that I could say that we would be putting out there. It just, it doesn't make any sense. It defies logic to be spending all the money on these other things. Again, even like the space program, it the space program would be useless if we could do that. We could just zip. We're, we're wherever we want to be. That's again. I just can't see why it would be hidden. And again, in eighty nine ninety, the the technology. You, there was no cell phones. The yeah. technology was yeah. analog based. Well, yeah, barely. There was the brick ones too. But that's what I had. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the point is, though, you know, it it wasn't. We were still, you know, caveman considering the electronics and, and technology with what we have today. And what I saw has to be well above and beyond that. It's not. 20, 30 years like, you know, the military works, it's got to be way farther than that. And if it is military, where did they get the the, the way to do that? It's not, you know, I mean, at Harvard, they, they, we, they work with major universities. Who's doing it if they are? And then I've had people say, well, it's, it's probably some individual. Where would an individual get the technology, the power, and all the other things tied to it to be able to do that and then to be able to hide it? You, you it's, yeah. it's so advanced. There'd have to be a bunch of people doing this and and why wouldn't it be used in any, you know, conflict? It would change the, the world. Yeah, right. That, that, that's why I can't see it, because why we wouldn't have had to done anything. We, we could just outmaneuver every plane they have. We could just do this. We could just do that. 
when I was digging into this, one of the reports, and this was from, I think, the head of um, strategic command or some real high-ranking person, he said a story. And I, 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 I want to almost say maybe it was Department of Def- head of the Department of Defense quite a while ago. He said there was a story of a pilot's plane, one of ours, being frozen in midair when one of these things was up there. So, you know, this is from some high-ranking person. This is, again, in our government. I've seen the one of the Canadian officials saying something similar. And what's the gentleman in Pope, I think his last name is, from the UK? Nick Pope. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean, there, there's enough out there to say that they know more than they're telling us, I guess, is the point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I, I've said on the show for the listener, probably heard me say it way too many times. But, um, you know, I think, you know, it's possible our government may know a little more than we do, but I, I'm still not convinced that they know what it is. I still I would know. agree with that. Yeah. I think they know a lot more about what it looks like. And some trajectories and stuff like that. But I don't think they can go beyond that because we can't catch them, whatever they are. It, again, if they're being honest yeah. with it, then I have to take them at their word with the videos. Um, like the video where the ship splits up, and I think that's in maybe Puerto Rico. It turns into yes. two ships. It goes in the water and turns into yeah. two. Again, yeah. that's unexplainable. I know they talk about quantum physics and this and that. Yeah. And it goes uh, in and out of the water medium without any slowdown or, or splash. Which is another really bizarre thing, and and you know there's no sonic boom with high speed. You didn't hear a sonic boom, did you? No, nothing, um, nothing at all. Yeah, and th- that's again why I come back to to why I say it's 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 not ours and it's not Russians, it's not Chinese. Look at their budgets. Look at the look at our military budget. You know, we wouldn't need anything if we already had this. We could who knows unless it costs a fortune to make just one of these. But there's obviously more than one, and they've been around for a long time. I dug into this because I didn't want to think think I was crazy. And I dug into this after 2017. There's a bunch of other Tic Tac experiences. It's not just one, two offs or three. And all this stuff goes back to um, the, like the Foo Fighters back in World War II and stuff. And it, I've seen reports going back even farther than that, you know, modern day ones by people of more high rank, people of understanding, educated people, people who should know to be able to distinguish some crazy thing versus reality. And, and, you know, I have to say that there's not a preponderance of evidence because there's not enough here. Just like, um, again, I'm not trying to pick on Neil deGrasse Tyson. I, I do admire him. So don't get me wrong, but saying, why don't they just land on the white house? Well, who's no one's in, I mean, we don't speak for the whole world. They look at if they're watching our signals, we fight over just awful, stupid things. And why would they risk it? And and then you come into religious ramifications and, and you know, all these other things like the Hale-Bopp thing and all that kind of stuff with the. the oh, yeah. uh, so, I, again, if you're looking at this from the outside, you know, I don't know if, if me as a person would even be wanting to talk to another country if I hadn't seen them before. It'd be it'd be awkward, just like I hear people talking about, well, why would they have lights? Well, we have lights on our vehicles. Just yeah. because they're here doesn't mean they don't drive those around in their own place and have to identify where they're at. Lights are a common thing for a reason on objects, so you don't hit something. I yeah. mean, why, why is it? But there's another, there, there is, that is a subject that's come up in this show a number of times. Why do they have lights? And, and you know, there's speculation, maybe because they want to be seen. Well, even know? even not for that, just the, the ships probably have lights. They don't take them off to come here. You know that it's and whether they want to be seen or not, they don't want to be totally seen because they're they won't stick around at the end of the day is, is what it is. But, but again, if, if they were our military 
too many people have seen it. It, it wouldn't, it, it would, it would defeat the purpose. It's not like uh, the Black Hawk or something or, or some top secret stealth plane or something. It's already out there. That was only behind the scenes for 15 or 20 years. At this point, if we had this technology from 8990, it would have been out by now, you would think. That's right. Yeah. And you, know, you mentioned about the report and how um, basically that they only want to go back so many years. And their excuse for that is that they have modern equipment to, you know, to, to get the data from. But there's they the you I totally agree with you that they are missing out on so much because of, you know, there's radar reports from way, way back of uh, objects doing right hand turns that, you know, I don't know, 5000 miles an hour and stuff like that. Pretty crazy things. 600 that G's. Forever. What's that? 600 G's and higher, I heard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, for instance, uh, you know, that was observed from the Nimitz and that whole the Princeton and all that from that that case. And uh, yeah. Um, like with, with after the report, it's just been silent, too. And then that kind of bothers me, too, because they haven't even the news picked up on it for a minute and then they just dropped it. Basically, it's like they dropped the ball on the whole a, thing. It's a very ephemeral society. You know, you know that from doing what you do. But it is bizarre. And, uh, you know, I, I really think that if they announce, well, you know, aliens are real and it's really happening. We're really being visited from other planets that in uh, two or three days we'd be going on uh, looking at our uh, smartphones again. And, and not, I, I don't know. It just seems strange like that. And I do agree. There's it's been very quiet and um, we did have some really good momentum. You know, perhaps we will again. Uh, Chad Underwood was a uh, Navy pilot that actually filmed that uh, Tic Tac UFO. Um, and there's he's he's spoken out, you know, quite a bit about that. And uh, there's been uh, some we had a past guest here, Chris Leto, and he's been um, going back and forth with Mick West, who was on Mick West, who is I would classify Mick West as more of a debunker than a skeptic. But, you know, someone may disagree with that. Um, I don't buy any of his logic. Somebody pointed me to a couple of his videos and, and he's, he's just, I won't say anymore. I, I just don't buy much of what he says truthfully. Yeah. But anyway, I, I did want to point out that there is a video out there. I can't pull it up right now that Chris Leto had with a FLIR expert. And there was so many flaws in what Mick West was saying that, I mean, it's really worth watching. So if you go on, um, on Chris Leto's, YouTube channel, you will see it there. I think it was a few shows ago. He's really putting a hard effort into um, looking at this topic. And uh, and uh, I've been in contact with him since he's been on the show. It's been pretty interesting for him. And more people like that are coming forward and saying, hey, look, you know, you de- you debunkers out there, you know, just, just don't throw around something if you've never used the equipment before. And, and, and just you don't assume that's the problem with a lot of debunking is assumptions. Yeah, that's my problem too. I don't promote or talk about anything I don't personally use in my business. So if I on my other on my channel, the Archie Professor, if I don't use it, I'm not going to talk about it. I don't know how it works. I don't recommend something I've never used either. So when somebody comes out and says, "Well, this is what I was told," or couch couch researchers and stuff, I, that that it, it's just pointless. They they don't they don't have the enough knowledge. And I'm not saying him specifically or anybody. I'm just saying in general unless you've done it, used it, know how it works, I wouldn't personally talk about it. You can research it online all you want, but it's still not going to be anywhere near actually being able to use it, load it, 
touch the machine for one, you know? Yep. The model you made is white. Was the object, someone asked earlier, was the object actually white? But you said it was sort of glowing. It was It was like the moon. It was just bright white, I guess. That was it. This is a little dirty, but yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was white. And yeah, that is, that is pretty bizarre that it's, you know, what Dave Fravor describes, uh, basically the same, and also Alex Dietrich, um, describes basically seeing that, that same, that same object. Well, I found it like three other ones in written, uh, reports on it. One landed in the desert somewhere. That's again, I, I thought they were. Oh yeah. The Socorro incident. That was more egg shaped. We... Yeah. That was kind of more egg shaped, but, but yes, that was back in 66, I think I want to say, uh, could be a little bit early, but I'm pretty sure it was around that era. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. And, um, and nothing, uh, when it comes to what these people are seeing for objects out there, there's no, you don't have to worry about aerodynamics. I guess the, uh, disc model is pretty aerodynamic, but it, it doesn't seem to need that type of thing. I don't personally, I would say they don't, the shape means nothing in my book. Yeah. If you yeah, can do that with one shape, uh, we again, if they're going through our atmosphere at, you know, six, seven hundred um, G's or something, you know, flying at 10, 20, 30,000 miles an hour, if they can transverse that without melting the outside of the ship or, you know, being slowed down or without creating a boom, the, the, the shape of the ship means nothing. I think there's the, the warp bubble that everybody talks about coming into play or something. You know, maybe the animals can sense things that we can't, and hence that's why there's no sound when they're around. Maybe they sense it. You know, they're not silenced. They're, you know, like just before a storm comes, sometimes all the birds are quiet and stuff like that. So that's what maybe, uh, you know, is happening. Again, animals have senses that we can't can't comprehend. Yeah. I remember someone saying they thought it had something to do with the way they travel, the space-time thing, but I, who knows? I mean, that's all speculation. Yeah, who knows? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, when this thing... Um, when you saw this thing and then it, it all like that, the aftermath, I want to say, was this like all consuming for quite a while for you or was it something you kind I of had to go to back to work away? the next day, you know, 10 hour yeah. day. So, I mean, it was back to work maybe four or five weeks, you know, it was solid in my head constantly. And then it's, you know, it, it, you know, wasn't as, as um, important and things were happening and, you know, uh, it wasn't as much of that. And then I, by maybe, you know, five years down, it was just a story I told once in a while when we were out somewhere and it didn't occupy my mind much until 2017. And, you know, cause what could I do about it? I, you know, it was it already had happened years back, even, even at that point, what could I do? And I'd had no photos and, you know, people still ridiculed anybody who said something like that. Don't report it. You'll be laughed at. And, you know, so at that point, what, what was the sense, I guess? It was it was four minutes or less of my life. And, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Would you say would you think that that object was under intelligent control? hundred mm-hmm. percent. No, no question. There's I mean, I I have thought about that a lot when it, you know, because it got there, whether it was remote controlled or what. I don't know. But I, I, I don't think it came there to see us. That's that's my point. And I don't think it moved over there. Maybe we surprised. I don't know. Or maybe it knew we were there. Maybe it can see this the heat or something. I mean, we had electronics on. I don't know how far a, a metal detector would be detectable 
you know, from a distance, but there was metal detectors on and, you know, we weren't talking or anything. We were just listening. So, I mean, you don't talk while you're metal detecting. You can't hear what's, hear the beeps and stuff. So uh, I don't know. I don't, I personally don't hundred percent think it was there to see us. You know, I think maybe when it did see us, it was like, boom. And that was when it left. I mean, I don't know. It wasn't yeah. over our heads and, and right there for more than maybe max 20, 25 seconds or the very, very, very most, you know, I didn't, time it or anything but it wasn't in front of us very long at all yeah it, so dave altman is uh, uh connected to a lot of the guys that were uh, in the nimitz case that had that tic-tac ufo experience back in 2004 and so he's just offering if you would like to speak to any of those people he can connect you to any of them uh, i also do have their uh, uh contact information but Dave has more contacts in that and, and with those guys than i do uh, but they're all very interesting. I mean, there's that that, you know, that encounter uh, has really, uh, really changed a lot. Just that one single encounter, you know, because we're talking military, um, you know, and there, there's a lot of military cases. And 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 but um, it's not, uh, you know, according, you know, I here we go. I'm bringing back Neil deGrasse Tyson again. He says, how come only military people see these things? And, you know, that's kind that's of not true. ridiculous thing to say. That's not true. I, I personally heard the radio conversation from something flying over a whole row of jets, uh, Boeing's uh, passenger planes, where they the first one picked it up, called the tower. The tower yeah. called and, and asked the planes behind it. And two more planes saw it fly over them in the opposite direction faster than they could, you know, think of. And then there's one at maybe O'Hare Airport or something that punched yeah. through. 2007. So it, yeah. It's not just them. I mean, who else is flying all the time? Who else is in these areas at the time? You know, a, a, a Air Force jet flies in that same area and does their, their practice or whatever they're doing. A, a passenger plane just is going straight back and forth. They're not looking. They're not maneuvering. Uh, they're not doing anything. And just, just like the, the folks that say, well, why don't we have better photos? From what I understand, there's a photo out there of one of these things 50 feet from, from the cockpit of one of our, our jets that still is waiting to be, well, probably right. never will be released, but yeah, you know, and so also, also like, while we're, we're bringing this up, I, I will tell people, cause I mentioned it last week that I was going to try to reach out to Lou Elizondo and find out about the 23 minute video that he mentioned on the podcast um, that he says he expects to come out and uh, it will be kind of a game changer. There's more than one object uh, uh, in this video. And the report is he uh, doesn't, uh, he did, respond through his wife and uh, he doesn't know exactly when it's going to be released and he can't divulge anything more than that I, and i also want to say um that people have been attacking him and uh in the ufo community and um i think it's kind of ridiculous he's he's uh he's done nothing but try to move the needle forward and um uh he's not in it for the money and i think that's where what people are are, are guessing is what's going on, but I don't think there's any of that. I think, uh, uh, again, he's going to be on the show in December. We're going to talk more about that. Here's a question. Um, I don't understand this, but asked on about the video on local TV of a sighting. Did did they pick up your video? The, the video that I mentioned in there is not, as far as I know, any local channel. We had cable. I don't know where, where the broadcast, it could have been anywhere in the country. I don't know. It was cable. I mean, I don't 
think you get any reception back then in Claremont at all back then. I think everything would have been probably some national show. And I honestly, I asked the wife because I, I got bombarded with that question too. I, I, it's not something I would have watched back then, whatever show it was. I don't know if it was an Unsolved Mysteries or I don't even know what the shows would have been called. I've, I've never been a person who watched any of those sort of things. Truthfully, I don't, I don't watch that. I don't watch TV and haven't for a few years at all. I don't, and we've been, we cut the cable. I haven't had cable or anything. My kids grew up with no cable. It's always been internet for my kids and my oldest is 21. So I don't, I don't do TV. I've never been into that kind of stuff. I couldn't tell you the show, but it was on cable in Claremont, Florida at that time, probably the end of, of, 1990 towards the winter was when it was would have been on and again i don't know if it was a rerun which i can't imagine um if it was a first run or what uh, my friend called me it was about 10 o'clock at night uh, i was literally just going to bed we had to be at the work at 6 30 in the morning by the time you get there you had to change clothes at the wardrobe department at disney and it was an hour so you got to get up you know what would have been around five in the morning i didn't have time to you know i'm i'm never was into that we worked we hung out and hung out with friends back in those days TV was the last thing I wanted to do as a, you know, uh, a um, 20 year old, you know, hanging out in Disney in the sun with the beach right there. You know what I mean? It wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, has any, you know, you mentioned a, a, some like negative, you know, comments. Are people accusing you of trying to cash in on this? That's the thing that people always seem. To I've do. heard a couple people saying he's a con artist and he's this and he's that. If I wanted to. If I wanted to con it, I would have put it on my channel with almost 60,000 uh, subscribers. I wouldn't have put it on my small channel, and I would have orchestrated it a little better than I did. I, I just flick, flick on the microphone for most every show I do. I don't, I don't do a lot. Some of my videos I obviously set up ahead of time, but if I'm talking about something, I'm not, I'm not an orchestrator. I'm not a promoter. I don't promote even my own stuff that I sell. I don't promote my stores. I don't. When I do videos on stuff, I'm just talking about the stuff I do. I'm not a promoter. I don't. I don't have a bunch of all that stuff. I don't mess with the links. I don't put out guidebooks. I don't charge for services and stuff. I, the only thing I got is a Patreon page where I put videos up and that's about it. You know, I'm not a, I'm not into any of that. I, I'm not a big marketer. I'm not a big advertiser. I'm not a, I'm not looking to, to waste my time or anybody else's. I put up two videos on UFOs, a total, I think maybe 38 minutes or something like that over the videos. And that's it. That's it. I didn't, you know, one of the videos got a bunch of views. Uh, I wasn't monetized at that point, so I got nothing out of it. I am monetized on that channel now since then. But again, I'm, I'm not, you're talking pennies. It's not a, yeah. if anything, it could hurt my reputation. I write for the biggest, you know, blog post that covers reselling. I, I write for them. I do full-time this. I've got employees that rely on me. I've got several businesses we run. I work 12, 14 hours a day. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the heck I would get out of this in all honesty. I've even had people say, why don't you make those to sell the UFOs? I'm not interested in that. That's not what I do. I don't, I don't know what I could potentially get out of this. So when I got a couple people saying that, I'm like, you know, again, I, I've heard all kinds of stuff just in reselling stuff. I get all kinds of crazy comments. So yeah, uh, it's a whole different group of people that, that hit you up on this, this aspect though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I, I jumped from, no, I mean, I still do find out. I'm a very busy fine art appraiser right now. Um, but when I kind of jumped into this thing, I was, it was a, at a time that was a different. And then now it's a little bit more accepted now. I'm not so afraid to talk about it now. 
but you know, when I first started doing this back in 2011, I just got a fantastic um, job, you know, that was very well uh, compensated and all that. And I had to be a professional going into homes and things like that. And I was concerned about this topic, you know, so uh, about me being associated with it. So when there were, there was some backlash that I did to get. See, th that's what I worried about, too, because if I go and I've got my paperwork in for, you know, the Ph.D. program in American Cultural Studies, and I don't want them to think I'm some quack. And I know I don't think that about a lot of people, but, you know, you never know with with the thing. So I waited a year and a half to put those videos up and only because I promised and I was just I'm not going to say sick of it, but I got a lot of people that had asked me over over the year or so since I first brought it up, just some random comment on a show. And then that, you know has set it off from there. And, and I, I was, I was honestly nervous just to put the video up because I was just waiting for the attack. And I'm like, we had, we were attacked before once before, as I was telling you, and I, I wasn't looking forward to being attacked, but again, I, I, I try, if I say something, I try to go through with it. And I, I procrastinated a very long time before I did it just because again, I was nervous and, and I didn't want to, bring a whole bunch of hate coming to our, our house. Since I put that up, I have been contacted people, but you're the only one that I responded to. Even the local newspaper oh. hit me up, including a, a national newspaper and a national uh, uh, TV channel hit me up too, a national uh, news thing. I haven't responded to any of those. I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, that I, I don't, this isn't my living. I do something totally different. I don't, I'm not, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would like to announce that the lines are open. And if you'd like to call in and ask our guest a question, that number is 855-472-5483. Bill is standing by and uh, your calls are, are welcome tonight. Um, and let's just see. Also, uh, if you don't want to uh, actually call, but you'd like to ask a question, I do ask you that if you ask a question in chat that you um, will Put it in all caps so it catches my eye. A lot of times they'll fly by, especially when there's a number of people in here. So let me ask you this. What to you, you know, there's there's the term disclosure, you know, and, and what what would you feel like? Would you feel like I'm sorry, let me rephrase it this way. What do you consider would be like the government disclosure on the UFO topic? If Releasing they, everything they have. Hmm. Other than the the stuff that might put some of our technology in jeopardy, I don't want any any you know things that could. Part of the reason I heard some of the stuff wasn't released on some of these is because of the sensor technology underwater, and we've got some new advanced uh, technology. They don't want to give it away. I understand that, but a, a photo taken from a cockpit fifty feet away, I don't know how that could violate or or expose technology that that we would have. I think. They, they know what's going on. I think they should just be able to put out all the basic stuff. You know, too many people have seen stuff. Too many people, educated people, people who know enough between, you know, fantasy and reality have come out and said things that just level with us. I understand that they're, they, they worry about like mass hysteria and things like that. You know, I, I've, you know, taken some PR classes in college and things like that too. So I, I understand that aspect of it, but for the most part, I think that the majority of the population of the country is ready to hear what is going out there. I've seen the surveys, you know, and I know surveys can go either way, but I've seen enough surveys. I've heard enough comments. 
before I die, I, I, that's the only thing I really would, would say that I would like to know, you know, what it is. Uh, that's the only deciding factor. And, and I think, again, as you said, and we said earlier that they, they have more information. Again, maybe they, they, they can't say what it is, but they, they know more than what they have. They have yeah. to have some ideas. And, and the ideas leaning in my book, from what I've heard some, some folks say, would pretty much knock off Russia and China from even being on the list of po- potential possibilities. Yeah. And, you know, they, they may have, um, you know, that uh, the, the Congress, I mean, that group, the, the intelligence group there that they assembled may have been briefed on more than they're, you know, letting us know. Uh, I fully they, believe that too, because yeah. Lou Alessandro, his, his, in my thing, he's, he's doing the right thing by addressing it because if something can weave in and out of our airspace, can fly between jets and, and do risky maneuvers through, you know, private jets or, you know, a jumbo jet with, you know, 300 passengers on it, that is a, a security and safety issue, if nothing else, for us, if we're flying in a plane. And, and to, to blow it off for all these years, again, maybe they're not blowing it off. Maybe they know and have been investigating this and they just don't want to say, and there's some black ops program that's been trying to figure this out. I know I heard the skunks works and all that kind of stuff or to the stars Academy or whatever. But, you know, my other thinking on this too, is I looked into how would they cover this up? They just, in my book, they've turned over a lot of this to private industry because there's no, there's no uh, way for anybody to get the information. The freedom of information act doesn't apply to any of that. So, Again, there, there there could be more out there. I'm skeptical. They they have a lot. I think they're really in the dark on some of it, but they they've got a preponderance of evidence to show that there is something there. They're just afraid to admit it because then they would admit that they 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 there's something flying in and out of space and they can't stop them. Right, right. Uh, well, we had my friend from uh, Colombia, South America. I've been in touch with him over the years. He was on the line, but it looks like we lost him. So uh, that line is open. Hope, hopefully, Garrett, you'll call back, um, 855-472-5483. I think he's actually calling from South America, and that's maybe why. I thought you were in the States, Garrett. I thought you came back. <laughs> but anyway, the lines are open. Uh, feel free to call, and uh, we'd love to would love to hear you. And I'll, if you call back, Garrett, I'll bring you right up. Um, so... Oh, someone said they didn't want to interrupt the interview with the call. But no, we want your calls. So please do, please do uh, call in. It's always the reason, you know, some people say, why do you take calls? It's annoying. I don't think it is because I can't think of all the right questions to ask. And uh, some of the callers can really have some excellent questions. So uh, we're waiting for you to give a call. Um, And do you think you'll, uh, if someone else asks you to talk about this, do you think you'll talk about it more? You know, on other shows, or does it- I, I, literally, my life. I work. I work a lot. I'm. I'm getting older. I've. I've have uh, vertical diplopia with blur in one eye, and I've. I've got some. Some issues. I, I. I'm not. I don't know. I don't know what going forward. I'm more worried about you know making sure that you know if I do go blind an eye or something else happens that I'm able to get the business even farther away so you know farther growing and stuff most of my time and effort goes into that um as i said if, if you weren't an antique dealer i don't know you know if i would have just you know 
And somebody who I know knew who you were. So that's one of the other reasons. But um, maybe, I don't know. I, I'm not really sure on how I feel about that. Well, I guess we'll see after this show if I take a lot of grief or, or you do or something else, how I'll feel after that. But again, this wasn't, I mean, this this wasn't something that I am was looking to say, hey, let me go talk about a bunch of UFOs or something. I'm, you know, I'd even thought about doing more videos on it, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't have the time. I don't. I barely put up videos on my other channel, the smaller channel, as it is. And and I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it is. I, I think what's the most, of course, what the most interesting aspect of this is, is that a lot of people were talking about, you know, two thousand four, this tic tac shape. Uh, it really hasn't. Uh, and and someone I I know mentioned on the little clip that I played that there are hundreds of other, you know, accounts of these. I don't, I'm not familiar with them, but, um, but anyway, we have uh, someone on the line right now. We have Rob calling from Pennsylvania. Rob, welcome to the show. You're live. Hi, thank you. Hi. Thanks for being on the show, Don. How you doing, Rob? Um, I just uh, was wondering, I didn't catch all of the show. Um, this, this vehicle that you saw, um, were you near water or was it over water? Where was the, where was the closest body of water? And less than a mile away. Less than a mile away. Hmm. Um, and did anybody, anybody that um, you were with, uh, were any of them unable to see it? No, we both, there was just two of us and we both saw it. My friend is the one who got my attention. I didn't see it until he tapped me and kept bugging me on it. I mean, I was, literally crouched down on my knees when when he first saw it i don't even know where he was and you know until he came up to me because when you're out you're just following wherever the detector goes i wasn't like worrying about him i was worried about signals so he saw it we both saw the exact same thing he brought my attention to it though uh, very good okay that well, is actually a good question because people have said i've seen different things it's bizarre you know Um, anyway, uh, but you have something else, Rob? No, that's everything. Thank you. All right. Thanks. So, uh, the line is open and, uh, uh, Garrett just wrote me through uh text saying, uh, he just wanted to say hi, <laughs> but, uh, he, and, uh, maybe he'll call in next week. But, um, so anyway, going back to what I was saying, uh, you have an account, uh, much earlier than, and the Socorro case, that was more of an egg shape. But you have something that looked exactly like um, David Fravor and Alex Dietrich and the other ones that saw it. And people have actually uh, saw it um, from a distance on the ship. They have these, you know, very high power binoculars. And some people, uh, there were a few witnesses that saw it that way, too. There were several of them. Well, might I say one more thing? Yeah. My other assumption, too, from a distance, it was just. I'm just looking at the head on of this thing. So it's just some little ball bouncing around from a distance. So maybe a bunch of people have seen it and they don't realize that it's not just some little ball bouncing around in the sky. That would be my other thought on that. Maybe they come in different sizes too. Who knows? I mean, if they can make one, they can make, you know, probably a whole bunch of them would be my thought. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, at one time Kevin Day was saying these things were raining down. You know, he, he didn't even want to guess how many there were. We have another caller. Greg is on the line from North Carolina. Greg, welcome to the show. You're live. 
Hi, Martin. Hi. Hi, Hi Don. How you doing? How are you? Good. Um, yeah, I had a um, just a comment or a little bit of a story, if you can entertain me here for a second. Um, but the uh, one of the websites that was associated with your um, podcast, UFO, Martin, yeah. called Faded Discs. And, and they yes. have New Fork recordings. Yes. National UFO Reporting Center. Um, I happened to be listening to some of those. And I listened to one today. And it was from, I think, 1976. And it was a helicopter pilot who had called in. And there were, there were four, four pilots, actually, on this helicopter. And it had a, um, an object that came at them and then circled around them. And uh, they described it as egg-shaped. And it was about 10 feet uh, long and about four feet wide. And uh, it sounded very similar to the, the Tic Tac or the one that uh, Don Yude saw. And I, this is from 1976. And, and what this object did was circle the, um, the helicopter while it was flying. And it came within like 50 feet of it. Um, the one pilot said he, he finally opened the door so he could get a better look at it. But now, when he not... described it, it just sounded like this, this kind yeah. of Tic Tac. UFO. Are you are you talking yeah, about so, the coin incident? Does that ring a bell? A big, that was actually three, um, and that was over uh, uh, Ohio, I believe. Uh, um, can't remember exactly where that was. Yeah, that does ring a bell. I don't think this was the same one because I think this was out on the west coast, okay. and uh, the recordings are from uh, I think seventy five, seventy six, and seventy seven. And the fella said he just, they just returned to the airport and he called it in. Yeah. So I, well, I believe it happened. Yeah. In, no, I, I believe you're probably right. I just have not heard of that one. The coin in, incident yeah. in particular was drawn up toward the object. They went to a really high altitude all of a sudden uh, where they were in panic mode, wondering what to do. Right. Yeah. Uh, no one, yeah, no this, one talked about opening a door. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. This, uh, this didn't happen. The object just came around them. Didn't. I'm sorry. No. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to relay that story because it's, uh, it kind of relates to that, um, what you're talking about today. But um, then I just wanted to see if Don would maybe speculate or explain a little further about when you first saw the object and the way it was bouncing around and it, I, I think Don, you mentioned that it looked like it, maybe it was contained in some way. That it, yeah, I would definitely say it, it, it didn't go farther to the right or farther than the left than like a small little area. It was literally stuck in there, but it was freely moving just almost randomly in that section there. Like it was skipping yeah. on something is, is what I would relate it to. Um, I, I, as I said, I related it to back then to, uh, um, I guess it's a parachute test tube or something you'd call it. And that's literally what it reminded me of right after I thought about it. Cause it, when you're in there, it was just, you're stuck and you're literally like floating and bouncing. And it was just, you know, a fan, the, the gotcha. fan, tube, whatever they're called. And that's what it did. Like a skipping stone, like 
like it it was almost i had the feeling like there was like almost like matter underneath it and it was holding it up it kind of reminded me of i know it probably wasn't but that's like there's a cushion of air under it almost i guess would be the point right it didn't have like a trajectory or anything like that it was just gotcha all over the place oh greg hey thanks for the call oh yeah sure sure thank you all right take care Next, we have Rob calling from the same state, from Florida. Rob, welcome to the show. You're live. Good evening, Martin. Uh, Rob from Florida, but Rob's in Nashville, and I changed time zones, so I missed the opening of the show. But, uh, Don, thank you for bringing your account forward. And I, I missed the part. Where in the panhandle were you were? And the second part of my question is, did you feel any kind of tingling psychological effects? I apologize if you went over that over. Uh, it was like six miles south of St. Mark's, which is a historical place. It's been there since I think like 1690 or so. I didn't feel anything or anything. There was no sense tingling or nothing else. I mean, my, my hair may have stood up for a moment, possibly. I don't know. Um, that's possible because uh, I was totally, um, I don't know, in awe or, or lost for thought on, on what could possibly be up there. I mean, it, it, it defied my 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 understanding of what could happen, I guess, at that point. It like somebody opened a door and showed me something I shouldn't see or something like that, I guess. And, and you say you're about a mile away. Uh, when we first saw it, yes, it was probably a mile, maybe less. I mean, I can't say for sure. I mean, all you can see is the woods, you know, the the trees going on forever you know so i couldn't tell it was up above all that so and it's off in a distance i guess maybe a mile or less i don't know if it's close i can judge the distance but sure yeah well pay pay no attention to the critics and uh again thanks for bringing it forward and uh, good show martin always always a pleasure all right hey thank you for your call and uh, we we only have about uh five minutes or so left here so probably, I mean, if someone wants to call real quickly, we can fit you in. But other than that, we're, we're going to to move on. Chase, um, I had a question just a second ago um, that it, it was about um, the object itself. Did you think that, and, you know, I did ask you already if you thought it was under intelligent control. You mentioned that you could not figure out a way that anything could get inside it. There was no seams or I didn't no see anything. apparent. But um, yeah, but I also have heard people talk about these things and all of a sudden something opens with no seam. It just plain opens. But. Well, like like the appendages on the bottom. That's why I say I don't I don't remember seeing him when I first saw it pop up there. But when it turned to take off or move or disappear, that's when I saw him. I mean, if, if they weren't there at first, they appeared from, you know, nowhere, I guess you would say, because I didn't you know, I didn't see any openings before it, you know, and maybe they were there the whole time and I was just spaced with what was going on i don't know but i don't think they were i think they weren't there when it first got there is is what i'm thinking again i i can't it was it was just a 10 15 maybe 20 seconds worth of of the view of it and the first few seconds was just me trying to comprehend what was there and then i'm like well wait a minute this is it's right here and it's it's solid it's not what i thought it was because it was we were looking at a ball bouncing around and what what's right here in front of me isn't a ball you know that that was i guess puzzling on top of it because it wasn't what i thought it was it wasn't some little orb thing it was yeah 
a, a 25 or 30 foot thing sitting up there that didn't match what I thought it was. And on top of the, the lack of sound and no propulsion, it, I, I think the weirdest thing is, is something sitting in midair that that's not moving with anything. I mean, so nothing, a, a, heli- everything. a helicopter, everything. Yeah. well, like a helicopter moves a little bit, you know, it's not a hundred percent. This thing was, was like it was totally frozen in mid mid movement. It was just sitting there, not moving. I, it was like a a, a mounted stationary object. It, it just didn't, you know. I don't know how to say it other than that. It 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 wasn't moving at all. Not even a millimeter. It was just there in one single yeah. spot. It's I don't know how you, how you say that because when I had my UFO sighting, which was not anywhere near dramatic as yours, but that that really puzzled me too because when it stopped, it like stopped. And there was like no movement at all. It just plain stopped uh, before it started again. Uh, we have a, one more caller. Chad is calling from Kentucky. Welcome to the show, Chad. You're live. Chad? Chad, are you there? Thanks, um, Martin. You are there. Martin, it's uh, Chad from the Basin Hangout. Uh, thanks. Oh, yeah. Chad, hey, I did give you a shout out. I don't know if you heard it. Uh, Chad, are you there? Now, this is someone that has uh, their own show, their their podcast. I was on Great, last thank week. You. I uh, just wanted to ask. Um, there's been an interesting uh, with Kaz Clark, where she thought that uh, it was actually potentially organic. Um, Chad, are you on speakerphone? By me, what you experienced was actually organic and not uh, nuts and bolts crap. All right, go ahead. Do I think it was organic? Yeah. I I have to think it's mechanical, truthfully, but that's that's just my thought on it. Uh, only yes. Just by the shape alone, I guess uh, I would say, and, and and movement and the fact that it could just freeze there. I I just it just seems to me that it's it's a it's a vehicle. Again, I, I've heard them describe it as a drone. In fact, there was a report on the news the other day about some helicopter chasing some drone that could stay in air for some horrendous amount of time, and it sounded just like a, a UFO report. But um, I have to think it was it wasn't you know uh, organic at all. Truthfully, I, I I didn't even think of that option. Truthfully, it just yeah. instantly struck me as a a vehicle. Yeah, uh, Chad, thanks for the call. Hey. And I did, I did give a shout out. I told people to listen to the podcast. So anyway, thanks for the call, Chad. And you know, that is not, that is not an unusual question um, I, for the fact that some people have had the feeling that these things are organic and, and living, which is totally bizarre. I, I, I know it's, it's hard to even comprehend, but there's so many mysteries to the story anyway, to begin with, um, I wouldn't rule it out, but, you know, from no. my personal feeling, I, I think it was manned of some sort that would be or, or operated a vehicle. It wasn't like a thing in itself was my personal opinion. Yeah. Again, I could be wrong. I don't I don't know. I have no answer on that one, honestly. No yeah, one's right. ever even brought that up. So that's that's an interesting one. All right. Well, Don, you've been uh, you've been great. It's really an amazing account. And I do thank you for uh, for for coming forward and talking about it. Very interesting. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me on. All right. Okay. You take care. All right, everyone. So we will be back next week. We have my friend, Mark D'Antonio, who will also be in Pine Bush 
And we have Ted Rowe from NARCAP. Uh, it should be a great show next week, and I hope to see you there. And also, um, I think that's, I think that it seems like there was one more thing to talk about, but I think I do want to just say, uh, make sure you check out our blog this week. Audio blogs come out on Fridays, and we'll see you next week. And remember to keep your eyes to the sky. Thank you.